Yeah, welcome back. We've sorted out our uh, issues technology-wise here uh, at SEN Towers. We're going to get back to Wally Masseur. Sorry about that, Wal, to talk some tennis. Where did we get to? I, I was so rudely cut off. <laughs> Jason Kubler, a player that you know a hell of a lot about, had a big win last night, and I was, I was not pleasantly surprised, but I was taken aback about how well he's moving. Now, movement is everything on a tennis court, and he's so light in his feet and quick. And this is a guy who's had six knee operations. What do you reckon he can achieve? Well, I, I think he's very, very capable. You've got to remember, if he had his Wimbledon points, he'd be well inside 100 already. I, I think he's very capable, and I probably would consider uh, Alexi Popkin as well, of a big win, you know, a serious win, and I'm talking top top 20, top 15, top 10 player. You know, if he catches them on the right day in the right conditions. I sat courtside at the United Cup and he was really enjoying that, representing Australia, Leighton Hewitt on the side of the court. He was absolutely pumped. But, you know, sitting courtside, it was the the subtleties of his game, the you know, the variation, picking and choosing his moments, when to sneak, uh, when to go with a bit more power and aggression, when to dig in and not make an error. You know, just making... Lots of really good decisions, and that comes with confidence and, you know, the confidence that he's gotten from a great 2022. Fitzy got emotional as well. Your good mate, John Fitzgerald, who you've known for 100 years because you're both 100 years old, um, that he got really emotional. He was, he loved it. It was like a prototypical Australian performance in Fitzy's eyes. Well, well, look, Fitzy gets a bit teary at those <laughs> Telstra ads and those insurance ads, you know. That's just a... The consequence of losing your testosterone as you get older. <laughs> um, but no, look, I think the, the thing about Coobs is everybody felt for him because he was an outstanding junior, you know, the best junior in the world. Yeah. And he actually had a really legitimate um, play court game for an Australian. That was a bit unusual. Obviously, along came Panathia, along came Kyrgios, who could certainly generate on the forehand and play a different brand of tennis You know, than maybe you would kind of close your eyes and think of an Australian player. But Coobs was this outstanding junior, series of knee surgeries. Uh, you know, once they go in and start taking things out of your knee, it's not good. And to have that happen at such a young age is, is really bad. But I think one of the things that he did was eventually he got a program to really, um, you know, just constantly strengthen and work on the leg. So surgery wasn't the only answer. It was, you know, really being diligent. And he's done that. But I guess what Fitzy enjoyed was the journey, you know, what he's been through, uh, well documented. You know, at times, there was a time, I think, when Coops had 50 cents in his bank account. He was coaching and, uh, you know, things just weren't going well, uh, surgery after surgery, time away from the game. So, you know, it's just a great story. And he is a great kid. Well, he's not a kid, but he's a good guy. Absolutely. Yeah, really, really down-to-earth guy. I like a lot of the Aussie boys as well. Now, people might say that Nick Kyrgios isn't quite down-to-earth, but what he is is popular. Are you surprised in any way, shape or form that um, that exhibition against Novak Djokovic sold out in less than half an hour for Friday night at Rod Laver Arena? No, no. Nick, Nick is uh, he's a massive ticket anywhere in the world, let alone Australia. Um, and of course, look, I'm really pleased that Novak's back and how good was it, you know, how he was received in Adelaide and then he played as Novak plays, you know, solid as a rock and wins the title. Um, so just a great story. And obviously, Australians were transfixed by, transfixed by that Wimbledon final. And we get a little look at the two men on court together for charity, which is um, sensational. Is the draw, the draw, if I'm not mistaken, is done on Thursday, is it not? You are correct, Adam. Yeah. So tomorrow morning, the draw, I believe, you know, sort of mid-morning. What happens if they're drawn in the same section, Novak and... And Nick, do they still play? Yeah, now they're not going to bump into each other first two rounds. 
No, that's right. Oh, look, I think I've just been looking at the names. You know, this, I reckon this is a really wide open Australian Open in, in both the men's and the women's in so many ways. I think there's a real opportunity for someone, you know, a first time winner, maybe, you know, do an Alcaraz, go on a run. I just, there's so many good players, but not far apart. So I, I'm not sure that any player, Novak included, will be looking too far ahead. So, you know, if they are drawn to play in the third round, so be it. I don't think that will interfere at all with the way they approach the Friday night charity. But I think, I'm just yeah, just looking at the depth of the field, um, and that is something that is, is quite amazing in tennis now, the depth. Uh, you know, players are 250 in the world. They're good players. Mm. Um, you know, I think the depth of the field will mean that everybody will just have to go on their toes from day one, and I can't imagine too many players looking too far ahead. Yeah. Uh, what about the rest of the Aussie boys before we get to, to the women's side of things? Um, anyone else we should keep an eye on either in qualifying Demon. this week or um, next week? Well, keep, yeah, keep an eye on Vukic in qualifying. Uh, a couple of young boys had good wins. Dane Sweeney, uh, he's a youngster, not much of him, but he's a hell of a tennis player. He had a great win in the first round. Great uh, Alex Vukic, good mullet. Yeah, he's a bit like, is it, what's the golfer Cam Smith? There's a bit of... Yeah, and Smith about him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, it is it's seriously a very good moment. And when he plays, he's very quick, so it sort of flows behind him. Um, he's worth catching if you do get a chance. But look, Alex Lukic, I think he's had a good back end of the year after missing about five months through elbow uh, problems. So, yeah, I think there's a, a few characters that have a shot to get through. Um, I like Pop. Can Popper and Spring a big upset? Certainly can. Can Panathi do the same? Certainly can. Uh, Tomo got a great, you know, physique, fit and fast. Can he do well? Um, question marks over Isla for me. Um, you know, Isla strikes me as a player that likes to play. So, you know, maybe not quite the prep she wanted coming in. Um, mm. But keep an eye out for Isla because she had a sensational 2022. And she's, yeah, she's just so professional and she's right at the peak of her power. So let's hope that that, you know, knee issue um, is not problematic for her going forward. But... Look, I think uh, Demon, you know, for me, uh, I've always felt Demon's had the mind and the tenacity to go deep in a slam. And I think for him, it's just about balancing. It's a balancing act between he's got to play up. You know, everyone's about 20 kilos heavier than he is. So he's got to go after it. And it's just striking that balance between being aggressive and controlling the court, taking the ball early, and being judicious. Just, you know, there are times when he might have to get a little late in Q edition, just dig in and not lose, if you know what I mean. So, yeah, just striking that balance. But I think Demon's one to watch. With Ola Tomranovic, she's clearly Australia's number one female tennis player. Um, what are we waiting for in terms of uh, the, the, the rest of that group coming through? Because there's a, a few names there um, in the women's tennis list that they look like they're about to break into the top 100 and then the results kind of fall away and, you know, it gets to February and then the, the circus moves on to other countries and um, the, it, there's not the focus on the Australian players that there is in January. What What's stopping another one of these female players or two of them breaking inside the top 100? Well, yeah, and you're right because I guess you, you, you're talking about Astra Sharma just dipped inside 100, dipped out, got injured, Maddie. Inglis hovered just outside 100 for a number of years pre-Hon, Lizette Cabrera, Kim Birrell injury. So for some of them, it's been a case of, of, you know, a truncated schedule due to injuries. For others, maybe just that little bit of top-end firepower to take the jump and consolidate inside 100. Um, and for all of them, yeah, they're just slightly different reasons. Um, but that's probably been a bit frustrating um, 
you know, from a Tennis Australia point of view, that we have had four or five female players just hovering outside 100, but unable to take that leap. And I always, sometimes I feel like, and it's a bit like with Jason, you know, what uh, Jason Kubler, you know, playing the United Cup, but sometimes something will happen. You'll play a match under certain circumstances and you'll just jag a win or something really good will happen. It might be in a slam. And all of a sudden you believe, you feel like you belong. I actually made that comment after she bucked up her Wimbledon quarterfinal of 2021. In 2022, she said, now I feel like I belong. Well, Isla, you belonged all along, you know, the whole time. But, mm. you've, you know, the player has to believe. So I think, you know, sometimes too, just that seminal moment where you, you have that win that gives you the belief that you really belong and you're a contender. Hey, the uh, the women's side of the draw, you reckon the men's is open. I, I've got the uh, short list for the females who can win the Australian Open down to about 32 or 33. Uh, yeah, Fiontek... I've got a list in front of me. Yeah, <laughs> it's tough, isn't it? It's a shopping list. Um, she is it on her shoulder, basically? And I don't know if you've heard how, yeah. how the shoulder is. She pulled out of Adelaide this week. Well, you kind of think, look, you know, I, maybe I'm just being optimistic, but she's probably had enough matches in the United Cup and maybe... You know, the idea that she needed to play another four or five in Adelaide was, I just don't think that was necessary. Um, so I kind of think precautionary as much as anything. I'm hopeful. I don't have the inside scoop. But gee, you're right. Open. Shiontek, Chabur, Pagula, Garcia, you know, Sabalenka, Sakari, Coco Goff. I mean, where, where do you start? You know, where do you start to stop? The big thing for me, Adam, I don't think... Siontek was playing brilliantly at the US Open, but she's a hell of a mover. You know, she's a great mover, and she fought, and she found a way. But her forehand, you know, extreme grip, ball coming in hard, low and fast. I mean, yeah, it was at times you sort of had your, you know, your heart in your mouth, where was that forehand going to go? But she found a way. But what, what worried me at the US Open was there was a bunch of girls on a run, just on a tear, playing great tennis. Pagula, Carolyn Garcia, Coco Goff, uh, they were just playing really well, and they hit a point of the tournament, and they froze. Mm. Um, just froze, and not, not freezing to the point where you're nervous for the first 15 minutes, but really just couldn't find their game on that particular day at, a, at the very business end of the tournament. So, and that's where Siontek won it. She somehow found a way. So you know, if I look at Pagula and Garcia, if, I mean, Pagula's playing really well and smoked Siontek in the United Cup, but, you know, hey, slams are slightly different, but wow, she got a good hard court game. So, for me, there's a whole host of players, but they better find the emotional state to play a big match in, because they've got the game to do it. They've just got to, well, believe there's that word again. But i tell you, the player that sort of maybe firmed in my eyes a little bit was, is Sabalenka. Yep. Because she made a comment, you know how she has the service woes? Um you know, a bit like you off the tee, you know, yeah. you go anywhere. But, yeah. but you've got such a big ego, you somehow, you know, you, you tear it up every time and think something good's going to happen. Um, but, you know, the thing with Savalenka, she made that comment, you know, I realise now that no matter how, how I'm serving or if it's not going right, I've got game. You know, I can hang in, I can fight. You know, and that's, that was pretty that's telling, good. I think, yeah. you know, because, yeah, things can go wrong, um, but she's in for, the, in for the long haul. And... She's got so much firepower. Um, she's kind of firmed. So outside of Siontek, I'm looking at Pagula, Garcia, Sabalenka as the ones. But, hey, you better find it on the day. Absolutely. Well, we've got to go. Thanks for your time, mate. See go. you in Melbourne. Appreciate go. it. And uh, good luck with yeah, – please don't cough on me when we get down to Melbourne. So Wally Masur, no, John. No, negative. negative. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I believe you. Uh, we're off to a quick break. Back in a moment with mornings.